You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. Johnson. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Spartacus After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Spartacus After Show. Hey, 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 everybody. Bing is for doing, and here we are doing another awesome AfterBuzz TV show for Spartacus. Season 3, Episode 2, Wolves at the Gate. I am your host, Sean O, and I'm joined here by my lovely and spicy co-host. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm Spicy Mighty, keeping it sizzling in here. And this was a great episode, it I was. say. It was. Spartacus is just getting better and better. And this episode, which is funny because the title, we were just talking about wolves last episode. And this one is Wolves at the Gate, which is ironic because we said that we feel as if the main characters this season are like wolves and not so much like snakes. Isn't that crazy? That's right. The The main antagonists against Spartacus, Marcus Crassus, and then now we have Caesar, Tiberius. They're like a bunch of wolves now. These guys are not to be trifled with. Right. And uh, we, we have a bunch to talk about, including them. Of course, we're going to talk about how Caesar's introduced and his uh, little bit of a conflict with uh, the Crassus's son, Tiberius. Correct. And then we're going to be talking about... Uh, how Spartacus takes the city, and we get introduced to Leita and her husband, the Adel of the city. I don't know what Adel means, but I'm sure it's, a t- <laughs> I'm sure it's some kind of title. I'm, I'm thinking now every time I hear it, I'm thinking Adele, the That's singer. what I was thinking. <laughs> That's what I think of. <laughs> and uh, lastly, we'll talk about Corey and Crossus. We'll wrap up with some news and gossip and predictions after that. Sounds good. So let's jump right into it. Caesar. Pizza, yeah. pizza. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think of when I yeah. hear Caesar. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so Caesar is introduced, and um, what? Let's see, what was his name? His name is Todd Lasance, I believe. Yes, Todd Lasance is the actor who plays Caesar, and Todd is mighty fine. He's probably the best looking guy on yeah, the show. Yeah, we right definitely now, right? needed that eye candy back. We we got used to you know Gannicus and um, looking at uh, Spartacus. So now we have Caesar, who is just beautiful. He's flawless. He's got those like steely blue eyes that just like pierce right through you oh my god he's got the cool little goatee i feel like they're they're gonna shave it off or like trim it down later on in the yeah I, th- I think that there's a purpose why he's you know staying hairy um because and i think the too when you aren't clean face you you look more like a rebel you look uh it's i know it's something to do with respect and that's why and he's supposed to be cleaned up when he comes back from battle or something like that and i know that there's a reason behind why marcus won't have him shaved that's a good point maybe they don't want him to look like a Roman quite yet. 
perhaps we should talk about this more in prediction. You know? But yeah, <laughs> let's get it out of my mind right now. Because, okay. <laughs> okay, because I, per, you brought up a good point. Maybe the reason, you know, Krasas, he is calculating. He, he, maybe he wants to do some kind of weird tactic, like he wants uh, Caesar to maintain his facial hair and his, like, his messed up, like, long mm-hmm. dreads, or not dreads, his but locks. His, his long, long locks, locks, so that maybe he can be a spy and, like, blend in, like, the way Spartacus is, like, always changing outfits and being, like, undercover. Maybe they want to take not the non-traditional Roman stance and have Caesar and his maybe Tiberius like go and try to pretend to be rebels or slaves. I can see that. That's a great after buzz prediction. Sorry, guys, we moved you know ahead predicting, but that was a really good one. Sean had to get it out there because I can totally see that happening. So we'll keep that in mind because we've been pretty good with our predictions thus far. Anyway, we get introduced to Caesar, to the dreamy Caesar, and uh, he's <laughs> he's he's waiting right, and he's he's getting impatient. Uh, to be talked to by Crossus, right? Crossus is buying some weapons and armory from uh, some dealer, an arms dealer, right? And why does Caesar get in fight with the guards? Just, just because he's a rebel without a cause, he's a badass, and he wants to flex his power and his guns, and starts, you know, brawling with the guys. And of course, uh, you know, Marcus Crexus comes and sees him fighting with them. But we also see that there's this uh, relationship that he has with um, Tiberius as well. There's a little bit of rivalry going on there as well. There's headbutting. Yeah, because when Tiberius hears that uh, Caesar's here, he gets a little defensive. And he didn't know. His father didn't tell him, which is pretty funny. And he knows that he's a threat to his power and to his title. He's so concerned with the title. And also as well... There's a relationship going on with uh, Caesar and um, Marcus Crex's slave. Uh, yes, yes, that's right. He Caesar was getting groomed and being washed and bathed, which is, he probably hadn't uh, done in a while. There's always a bathing scene that is oh so hot. Of course they had to do it. <laughs> and they had to have like the cute slave girls, you know, topless, completely naked, obviously, actually, and uh, bathing Caesar. And he wanted to shave his beard, but uh, Corey said not to shave it right. and, by order of Crassus, right? right? So, so Corey comes closer at, at the command of Caesar, but then she she doesn't like what he's doing. And then he he starts, like, taking off her clothing and, like, kissing her. And how how did you feel she felt in that situation? Well, I, I knew that she was uncomfortable because she, it was it's obvious there's been this sexual tension between her and Marcus for a while. So we kind of knew that there was an underlying relationship that they just hadn't uh, blatantly put out there for us yet. So we knew that he was crossing the line. And unfortunately for a slave, you have to do whatever or whomever is superior to you tells you. Pretty much any Roman. Yes. And so she was about to be taken by Caesar. She was about to be raped, violated by Caesar. Right. And so, and, but see, they wouldn't consider it rape because it's law that free willingly you have to give yourself if you're ordered to. And Caesar was ordering her to. Exactly. And so luckily Marcus caught her just in time. But when she goes fleeing, uh, after Marcus sends her away, that's when Tiberius sees her. And once again, there becomes another feud because Caesar, oh, now you're going after my slave girl as well. And yeah. you can kind of tell that Tiberius uh, he has, has an affection he's, towards he's her. fond towards uh, Cora. He's, how do I say it? Corey. Corey. He's fond, to, he's fond towards Corey. And now there's another reason not to like Caesar. And what's interesting is that in the first episode, it seems like Corey and Tiberius have like a mother and son kind of it does relationship. seem like that. But now it seems almost like, in this episode, it seemed almost like, because she was so, uh, she was so, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like she she couldn't defend herself. Right. She was so vulnerable against Caesar. It seemed almost like they were peers now. Like mm-hmm. almost like she was like a bigger sister maybe as opposed to a uh, mother like last time. Yeah. So so now obviously Tiberius gets pissed off and he finds out that Caesar's there. He brings it up to his mother, to his father, and and then you know he gets to see him right. finally, which was which was an interesting scene. And I thought that it was interesting too that um, Marcus's wife wasn't as cruel to uh, Corey as I thought that she would be, knowing that she is uh, possibly sleeping with her husband. You know, when she was assaulted by Caesar, I mean, she kind of blamed it on her. Well, you know, look at you. You know, of course, he's going to come for you. But we've seen previous Dominuses be, or uh, Domineus, what was the female? Uh, do, uh, Domina. 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 We've seen previous Dominas um, be far more evil and mean and spiteful. So I thought that she gave it to her pretty easy. Yeah, Elithia and Lucretia, Both by of them. far, they were they were like 20 times worse than Crassus' yeah, wife. Yeah, she actually seems far nicer than them. She's, she's very nice, and she's kind of naive in a way, too, because even though she suspects that there's a bit of a, a sultry affair going on, it hasn't it had not been shown yet to us. Right. And um, uh, maybe she hasn't seen direct evidence of it, but she just kind of has that suspicion, and she just, like, lets it go. Right. Maybe they don't want to play that... Maybe uh, Stephen DeKnight and the other writers don't want to have, like, another kind of relationship like Elithia and Lucretia this time, you know, in this season, because they want to focus on other things. Right. Well, we we start to see that um, Tiberius now has several reasons not to like Caesar. He's already feeling like his position, his title is a threat, which it is now that Caesar's there. It's in jeopardy, yeah. But what Caesar is doing is sabotaging his own self because he's pushing several buttons of Marcus where he's going to wind up regretting it because we're going to see a shift of power where he was going to give it to Caesar and then he winds up giving it to Tiberius. Hmm. And so I, I totally think that this that Caesar is going to cross the line on all accords. He's, you know, more of the rebel. He doesn't probably follow order. He's probably what uh, would be our... Uh, what Gannicus in what, what, yeah probably what <laughs> like, Gannicus the equivalent of yeah, Gannicus to Spartacus yeah, crew exactly. or, or maybe even way back when um uh, when Crixus and Spartacus were first get like they hadn't gotten along yet when they first met each other they always they butted heads in a way right. but that during season two the uh, vengeance when they were still like. Spartacus was in charge, but Crixus was like, okay, I'm following you, but it's just because I want everybody to, like, have the freedom, right? right? And they still butt heads a little bit, but one is clearly the leader Correct. in the case. Uh, let's talk about, uh, uh, actually, Caesar and what was going on with his weird pleasures. So that was, I don't know if I would deem that the spicy scene of <laughs> the episode, because usually we have, like, a hot, intense sex scene. We didn't get that this episode. We did There were, there was no uh, penetration of any sort this episode. <laughs> no, Darn. there was penetration. Who? There was penetration with that knife that the slave was using oh, yeah. on Caesar's, <laughs> what, what was she cutting? But, I, but I'm just saying, as far as, like, sex is concerned, we didn't get to see that hot sex scene that we always get. We, we saw, you know, some tits and ass this episode, but we didn't get that intense, passionate lovemaking scene. What we saw was kind of a... It was like a weird fetish. Weird, just... It was very... I don't know. I don't want to say it was dark, but it was very... Um, Definitely not the norm. It was kind of kooky because she, he's getting pleasure from being cut and bleeding at the same time while he's getting bobble. And he, for those of you yeah. who don't know what bobble is, it looked like he was getting head. He was getting fellatio. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the more appropriate term. But. Yeah, so he was, he was getting... A blowjob, pretty Correct. much, from one of the slaves. I, I, I was like, oh, is that Corey again? But it couldn't have been because they just had that conversation. So it was another slave girl right. giving 
uh, sees her head, and she was cutting him. I would. I hope she was just cutting him in the leg or something. I feel like she was probably cutting his inner thigh because okay. that's like a soft part that bleeds easily. That's a good point. And so uh, Tiberius, when he walked in and he saw that, he even acknowledged his weird fetishes. He's like, "I'm not even familiar with this. Yeah. Whatever you have going on, yeah. but even go uh, ahead. he's uh, Tiberius said that. Even Crassus uh, actually mentioned to him uh, in scenes before that, "Hey, you, you know, you need to get more civilized again because you haven't been here around us Romans for very long." Right. But um, I do um, want to address how uh, Ty- or how uh, Marcus Crixus, Marcus Craxus and um, Caesar's relationship um, is coming about and why it's forming. Um, these two need each other from what it appears to be. Uh, Marcus has the financial wealth, and apparently Caesar has the title and the reputation. So they're so they balance each so other. So they're out. collaborating and joining forces in order to take down Spartacus, and so. Uh, it looks as if he does need help after all because he took out the other two. Um, I don't know if they were governors or oh, the, the other praetors, the yeah, general praetors, guys. Yeah, because he wanted all the power. But now it looks like he actually does need help, and he's going to be sharing his power after all. He so does. he's joining forces with Caesar. But he always needs somebody he can control. Right. So that's why he has a son with him, and he has Caesar. Caesar is a feral wolf in a way, like he's a wild mm-hmm. animal. But he has no wealth. He has no money, and that's why Crassus has promised him this. He was like, you fight with me, we kill Spartacus together, we both get more, even though you have the name and the power, we both get more power, and I'm going to alleviate all your debt that you have. Uh, And isn't that the perfect combination? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The fair exchange of uh, money and power. (laughs) But also, too, I want to see, they kind of set us up to show that he can fight a little bit. Oh, absolutely. But I want to see his his, uh, swordsmanship. I want to see if he can really fight um, and go up against uh, someone like Spartacus. You know, is he trained uh, with gladiators like like Marcus uh, Crexus has been? Because yeah. he's been training for a while in order to fight Spartacus. You know, I want to see what Caesar's fighting skills are. Well, we know that we obviously, like you mentioned, we haven't seen Caesar fight with a sword, mm-hmm. uh, a gladius yet. But we did see him get down and dirty with his fists and all these like crazy, you know, like MMA moves. Just you know, on those guards that were there. In That's the what house. it looked like MMA moves. Yeah. <laughs> so he was able to do that stuff. That that's not a typical Roman. This guy is dangerous as well, and I feel like he's he's gonna he's probably gonna kill a lot of the rebels. Yeah. Well, I mean, Marcus already addressed him as uh, a wolf. He said to bring Spartacus to ground, I must have a wolf at my side, and so that lets us know that Caesar's probably more of a threat than we think than what they've shown us thus far, because we already know that. There also is this uh, animosity and tension even between him and Marcus because he was going to take his main slave. He was going to take his woman. And we'll talk about uh, the introduction of uh, Marcus and uh, Corey's relationship in a second where they finally revealed it to us. But one thing is he's taking his woman. He's threatening his son's position of power. And he also has financial wealth to gain. So somewhere along the line, I think that we're going to see that Caesar can't be trusted. He has he, There's too much that he wants and has a need for. You're right. I think you're absolutely right. But I'll tell you what can be trusted are 
podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, everybody, and uh, download our podcast. Type in Spartacus uh, into the search bar, and our podcast is going to be like the first or second one to pop up. So uh, download the AfterBuzz TV Spartacus podcast. Subscribe to it so you can get a podcast every time we put one out. Um, additionally, don't forget to rate and comment us. You know, we always give like shout outs and stuff. Uh, give us five stars and tell a friend because it only takes a minute, right, Spicy? Right. Only takes a quick minute. It only takes a, a minute, like less than that. It takes a few seconds to tell a friend. <laughs> like, hey, check out the, you know, oh, I love this podcast. It's After Buzz TV Spartacus. Right. <laughs> and so, um, and, and let us know too what you guys, if there's any topics that you guys want us to bring up, anything you want us to address. I got some tweets uh, the other day from uh, some stuff that, uh, Sean and I have commented on. So please do let us know um, your thoughts and opinions on the episode as well. And um, I want to get into now Marcus and uh, Corey's love affair that they have going on. What is it with, you know, the Dominus always messing around with his main slave? Like, you know, he gets tired his right hand woman. Yeah. But this is like a as as his wife. I, if I, back in this time, I would just you just can't allow your man to have a slave because regardless, he's gonna sleep with him. I mean, this is someone he's obviously having an affair with, and it looks as if he has a luxual love and he's very fond of her. Yeah, what was really fascinating is how he he spoke with her and he okay with his wife. Uh, let's go ahead and put that to the side real quick. Um, but with his wife. She wanted to come along with him and follow him in in the group of slaves, pretty much, which, right. which follow all the Roman uh, praetors, the generals, you know, the, the commanders of the army. And he was like, no, no, I don't want you to do that. Don't soil yourself. And I don't want you to be safe. I mean, excuse me. I, I, want, don't, you I want you to be safe. I don't want you to be in danger by coming on the road with us. Right. But then with Corey, you know, we now we know the real reason he right. didn't want to have his wife And the wife, wife knew there. it, too. She was like, are you sure these are the only reasons? Yes. Um. And then we see, you know, cut to scene with him and Corey where he's telling her, no, I want you to come. You know, if you want to come, you know, that is an option. And this is not from, you know, master to slave. This is from, you know, man to woman. And so she says, yes, yes, of course, I want to be by your side. I want to be near you. And she even calls him by his first name. Right. Which was pretty, that's pretty intimate for a slave to be able to call their master by the first name. Right. And he also, not only is he asking her opinion about how she feels and what she wants to do, but he's saying, you know, I want, I, I prefer your embrace. I want you. So obviously their relationship is very close and I think that there is a love there. And then we see, of course, them finally make love. It's confirmed this episode that they're having an affair. Absolutely. And that, yeah, he's cheating on his wife. He did the same thing, the same move that uh, Caesar was doing, only this time it was more welcomed, where yes, he's like, he's he pulling pulled that, that string, same little string and it just dropped the clothing down and he, he goes into her embrace, you know, and it's, um, it's Maybe next episode, it's going to show them actually doing it in the tent or something when they're on the road. Oh, yeah, that would be hot. That would be pretty Because <laughs> I thought sexy. that we were going to get to get, you know, I thought we were going to be able to see a little something, something. But this episode was more fighting than it was sexual. It was. Uh, Corey actually reminds me of, of Animaeus's wife. Do you remember her? Yes. The way she looks, her appearance, and like kind of like her innocence and the way she acts, it reminds me of that. Yeah, um, that definitely. I can see that. And, and, and of course, that is, you know, who... Uh, when he's not with his wife, is by his side. But she also looks like um, he listens to her. I can see. Does. I can see him taking, I guess, ear with her. I don't know he how you would say. It, but like, it looks. He takes it's, counsel. It's, it's, yeah, it sounds like he listens to her opinion, and so does Tiberius. 
um, because usually they wouldn't be have so much concern for a slave. So I wonder if Tiberius knows that his father is sleeping with her as well. How weird would it be if Tiberius was actually in love with Corey? Mm. And the, and then he finds out the, the father that his father Crossus is sleeping with. Corey. Well, you predicted that Tiberius was in love with his best friend before. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> so is he in love with his best friend or with Corey? What if he's bisexual? What if he likes both of them? I wouldn't be surprised from back then in that time. Exactly. The Romans they they had some sexual pleasures which were a little bit questionable by today's standards, <laughs> <laughs> by mainstream standards rather. Yeah, most definitely. Well, we see we see um, on the other flip side, uh, Spartacus preparing to take over this city. And um, the name of this city is Sunessa and Valley. Am I saying right? Yeah, Sunessa and Valley. Sunessa and Valley, I think that's And so we start to see... Um, Sinuessa and Sin- Valley. Sinuessa and Valley. And we start to see Spartacus uh, preparing to take over this city. Because they need it for their army, which is starving at the moment. Right. And it's about to be winter time. Right. And so, which is a, a genius idea because they do need shelter, they do need food, and they also hate the Romans, so why not take down the Romans in order to get it? Why not cleave a Roman city from its flesh? Correct. <laughs> so, we start to see them prepare, and they sneak into the city and start to... They're disarmed at first. Right. Is, so they, Nobody they, can come in with weapons. Yeah, exactly. And he has to even bribe the guy and then speak this other dude's name to get into the city as well. Right. It's kind of like getting into the club, you know, having to spit the DJs or the promoter's name in order to get in. <laughs> right, that's a really good analogy. <laughs> but he didn't really know him. He didn't. So he kind of snuck in and then they have to go to a blacksmith in order to get these swords. And uh, the blacksmith, the blacksmith um, what was his name? Atius. Uh, he was a little bit uh, hesitant. Hes- exactly, hesitant. He was definitely hesitant to help them and it looked like him and Gannicus had a relationship. Like they were friends, right? They were friends prior, before, yeah. before the whole rebellion happened. But he definitely wasn't trying to help him um, because, you know, for fear of his own life. Oh, yeah. All, all he cares about is his own life and coin. But and they were able to give him some coin. They persuaded what was him with for, coin. Well, how much was it that they gave they him? They settled on 5,000 denarii at the end. That was at the end to get him to join their cause. To join their cause. And at first, they only t- he only took a couple hundred, I think, for each of the swords that he made for them. But all they needed was two swords because all of the, uh, the guards inside the city were just using maces or these cudgels, these these things that are like batons pretty much. Right. And and they were against two swords wielded by awesome rebel gladiators. They were able to, they, they didn't defend themselves. But I love well. how confident they are. Two swords and we'll be able to take over the city. <laughs> exactly. And, and outside the city, we have Crixus, uh, uh, we have Crixus and uh, Agron, that's his name, Agron, Nasir, uh, Navia, all the other generals are outside with the rest of the rebel army, thousands, like tens of thousands of rebels. Right, ready to come and prepare, for, they're preparing for battle. And we see that the, the outside of the walls, there's tons of them. Like, I can't believe how crazy and enormous this army has grown to be able to fight them. I mean, Spartacus has really done a good job of building his team. <laughs> he, has, he has a lot of manpower on his side, but the question is how much of that is is usable manpower? How much of it is actual fighting power? Because they have so many women and children with them as well. Well, it looks like they're getting trained though pretty well because if you know, it looks, it, it opens up on the first scene with us seeing Navia fighting the Butcher. Yeah. And, and D, what was his name again? Adele. No. Uh, uh, Detonius? Diotimus. Oh, Dio- yes. Diotimus. Um, and he was the butcher. And so it shows that no matter what position you're in, you're going to learn how to fight. 
So and and then you're going up against Navia, who's been trained, you know, by one of the most, you know, amazing gladiators as well. So her fighting skills are supreme now. And so, you know, she says, to, you know, it's not as easy as, uh, you know, what? Killing a cow or something like Butch- that. Butchering a <laughs> butchering horse. Butchering a horse. <laughs> <laughs> and, he but, said, and he said the, the kick of the horse is much more gentle than hers. Right. And I'm just, once again, I'm just so proud of her fighting skills. But um, it looks as if they're getting trained now. So in order to join the Spartacus Gladiator Army, you have to be trained at some point. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, speaking of uh, his army, I wanted to bring up some of the other commanders that we don't get to see very often, and they're kind of new to this season. Uh, Spanis, he's that big, like, kind of fat black guy. Do you remember him? No? Uh, he, he was the one that was in the tent with Gannicus. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And then he, he made an appearance this time, too. He wanted to kill the Romans that yes. remained in the city. Yes, he's, a, he's kind of a new character that's introduced to yeah. us. I haven't seen him before. So Spanis, and then we also have Nemetes. And he's, he was the one that at, was at his side that also wanted to kill the Romans uh-huh. in the city. And he, he has got longer hair, a little bit of a beard. These two represent, I feel, like the guys who are kind of insolent. Like they want to do their own thing. And Spartacus has to like control them. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what, uh, what not Gannicus, what Crixus was before with the Gauls, right? right? With, uh, with all his men on the <laughs> side. So we have these new guys who are, they're probably going to mess things up in the future, which is, which is going to be interesting. Uh, we also get introduced to Laeta in this episode yes and she's the she's a roman uh roman noble woman and her husband is the adele we don't know what that is of the city <laughs> the <laughs> Pro- man in charge of the grain the man in charge of the grain perhaps right. like that maybe it's the commerce guy in the city like the uh the chief of commerce or something and we see her be kind to spartacus and i don't know about you but i kind of felt as if uh her softness her innocence uh, Spartacus took a fondness to because when it came time to overpower the city, uh, he spared her life. He did. And the, and a bunch of other Romans, right. too. A clutch and, of Romans. And because he knew that he could use it in order to persuade her husband, but at the same time, I think that he spared her because he likes her as well. I kind of can see, and this is another Aftermath prediction, him falling for her now that her husband is gone. Um, her seeking comfort in Spartacus's arms. I could see a little bit, a little bit of a romance developing there. Yeah, and uh, that's that's going to be pretty interesting when that happens. Uh, also, I want to talk about how uh, Spartacus. Uh, they, this was there was the stoning that was happening like near the beginning of the episode. Do you uh-huh. remember that? Yes. That one slave, uh, Leita, actually was defending the slave, and she didn't want that to happen to him. She right. was just like she has a heart. She's kind. She has a heart. She has a. Um, she has a, a, fi- a, a fondness towards the slaves, and she doesn't want them to be treated with cruelty. Right. But then we see the slave getting stoned. No one can do anything about it. The Loris of the city, he's telling everybody to stone him. Spartacus throws a huge stone. <laughs> <laughs> Takes him out of his misery. To put him out of his misery. And and it crushed his skull. It, it just slit right in half. It's, yeah, it split it, like, down the center. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, that was an intense scene. And. What is a little bit different this episode, too, we didn't see as much sex and we didn't see as much blood and guts. Usually there's a lot more blood spilled. This episode was more, I think, storyline preparation, um, kind of building us uh, and to prepare us for the next episode, um, which I'm kind of unsure, you know, from the previews, what's going to happen with that as well. It didn't give us that yeah. much to me. It's going to be kind of weird, I feel. We can we can probably talk about that more in, in predictions. Yeah. But uh, actually, Spartacus was really uh, another kind of powerful scene was Spartacus was so hurt internally by by what happened because they invaded the city 
but that city doesn't just have Romans in it. There's slaves there too who are working. Right. And he, there was a, that little slave girl, I forgot her name, Massilinia, something like that. She, he had like a little scene with her where he, he was showing some kindness towards her and her and her mom got killed later on. He saw their bodies laying there in the uh, town square. Well, that's what I was wondering. How is he going to take over this city with not killing innocent civilians? And unfortunately, you have no choice when you're dealing with battle. Innocent people are going to die. But it's just that there's because there's there's the there is a chance that they could rise up against you as well. And so I don't think there's enough of those slaves who are mad at him to raise <laughs> up against him in that city. But I'm saying that, but the, just the normal, like civilian, the Romans, just uh, just the normal civilian Romans, they if they would choose to, they can grab a weapon and fight up against the gladiators, uh, you know, Spartacus's army. But um, but obviously there was no threat, and that's why he spared those few people. But it just it's just sad that the innocent have to die. I thought that they were just going to kill the military or just kill the army, uh, the Roman army, in order to take over the city. See, that's what actually makes it so difficult back then. We can see that everybody is wearing, like, almost the same colors, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's wearing just these dark, deep colors, like browns and whites, and, and, and then they're in the mud. You can't tell what, like, what side they're on, right? So that's why, like, even back then, during battles, like big engagements between different armies, like even other armies like Germanic barbarians versus the Romans, they had a lot of friendly fire. Friendly fire being like, oh, I accidentally stabbed my fellow comrade just because he's <laughs> covered in mud and I can't right. tell what he looks like, right. you know? So that's probably what happened to all those innocents who died uh, it, during this battle in Sinuesa. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, and... Um- the, another scene that was pretty intense was the spear through uh, Adele's heart. Oh, the Adele's heart. Yeah. Uh, no, his, his mouth. His mouth. Oh, yeah, it was his mouth. He, oh, that, okay, yeah, you're right. He it was gave, his mouth. He gave head to a spear. He did give head to a spear. That's, okay. <laughs> that is Sean's uh, spicy comment of the night. No, but what was sad was that we see that her her she is pleading with her husband and i think that he was going to listen to her and actually oblige you know her uh commands or her requests and unfortunately spartacus was like oh we just can't you he know can't take, take the, the risk yeah he can't take the chance and so the spear goes through his mouth and it's just uh, another was, innocent that had to die. Yeah. And that was actually, you were laughing at that scene because it was like so intense with the torch dropping. And I thought it was actually going to set the whole thing ablaze. Yeah. But Crixus is there, thankfully, and he catches it at the last second. And I was laughing at that because I was just like, come on, really? <laughs> you just caught that? Come on. Yeah. It, it, was a, it was a torch and it was on fire. Yeah. You caught a torch on fire. Yeah. But, you know, it's Spartacus and I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with it. That plot development, hell. Yeah, because it, it would have been disastrous had it lit on fire. And so I'm, I'm, I am happy that he caught it. But I just thought that that was an unrealistic like part of the scene. Yeah. And now they're able to be fed. They have shelter in, in this whole city throughout the winter. And we're going to see what happens with that. Uh, but let's talk about the AfterBuzz TV store. And uh, I actually just visited it recently, and you guys should too. Go ahead and uh, go to the homepage, check out. It's in the uh, the top left portion of the page, like near the banner. Click on that, and you can get some cool stuff there. We have shirts for men and women. We got some mugs. We got bags, you know, and other AfterBuzz goodies. So just go ahead and check that out over there. And if you want to have a part of AfterBuzz and uh, have, have us in your life more often, you know, when you're drinking coffee and whatnot, having some beers, then uh, you, you may definitely enjoy visiting our abtv store yeah and if you buy anything take a picture of it tweet it at us you know 
that's also another way to stay connected with us. Send us your photos of you in your AfterBuzz gear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of tweets, I wanted to mention uh, our big fans who've been tweeting at us this week. Boy Marvel, he's one who's been tweeting at us a lot. Uh, so thank you very much, Boy Marvel. I hope I got back to you with some of the comments that I said or, and, and tweets at you. Same thing with Crow, uh, Croy Boy, Crow Boy. Oh, yeah, Crow Boy. And uh, where, where's that guy from? You know, it looks like he's like, uh, I want to say like, uh, Nor Norwegian or some kind of like I have Netherlands no idea. guy. Yeah, that's what I get the impression of. Also, we got to give a shout out to uh, Gina and Mixers, or it looks like it looks like Jen and Mixers, but um, it's Mir. Her name is Mir, M E R, but her Twitter handle is uh, it looks like it's uh, Jen and Mixers. But she was tweeting at us, and she was really disappointed because we said that we think that or we predicted that um, uh, Nasir was going to die. And she was like, "Oh my gosh, this is a spoiler!" And I can't believe you told me this. Oh, but that what's was a just, prediction. But, but she, but just to confirm and for your own uh, sanity, that was just our opinion and just prediction. No, we don't know yet. We don't have the necessarily inside tip that he's going to die. But that was just an afterbuzz prediction. So don't worry. Uh, we don't know just like you don't. That's what we do on the show, Mary. That's like part of the fun of being here at Afterbuzz. She's me like three tweets like, oh, my gosh, you spoiled it for me. No. I was like, no. no, it's not confirmed. That was just a prediction. Yeah, we like that's what we do at the end of every episode here at Afterbuzz TV. For all our after shows, we do predictions because we want to like we want to exercise our minds and see where the writers are going right. with this. You know, we enjoy the ride, too, but we want to like kind of guess and it makes it more fun. It like adds another dimension to uh, watching the show. Right. And that's how, that's why we're super fans. Right. <laughs> we think we know, but we really have no idea. We're guessing just like you guys are. So uh, uh, we're, let's go ahead and do our favorite quotes. And after that, we will move into news and gossip, which I just have a couple okay. of things And I just for. wanted to mention um, that at the end of the scene that we do see, I mean, at the end of the episode, that we do see uh, Tiberius gets the title that he's been wanting. Um, we see that Marcus Crex uh, defends his son, and he's like, uh, you know, it's my son. I'm going to give him the power, and, and he gives him that really nice gladius yeah, sword. And 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 so I'm happy for Tiberius, but at the same time, Caesar feels threatened now that he has to be underneath uh, a boy. He has to answer to a boy. He says, but really, all along, Tiberius. Um, is going to find out that I think uh, he's not really in the position of power that he thinks he is. What's actually interesting is uh, to Crassus, it seems like he has two sons in a way. One, both of them are vying for power. Right. And he's trying to make both of them happy because he needs both of them. Yeah, he does. He definitely does. It's very interesting. Well, um, the first quote I have is, um, uh, Jupiter, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, uh, Adius, the, um, the, uh, the blacksmith, to Ganicus when they see each other. It's been a long time. Jupiter, fuck me. <laughs> Anything with Jupiter is funny to me on Spartacus. Uh, speak plainly, I grow tired of mystery. This was Caesar um, and uh, Marcus Crex's conversation. And uh, I think I might use that in my everyday conversation. Yeah, I actually like that too. <laughs> um, oh, also a spicy scene was um, when Corey asks Caesar about his wife. He, she says, you were taken with wife. And he replies, your eyes stand as my wife's. So obviously we know that he's married. I'm wondering if his wife is going to be introduced to us later. But we see, you know, like we had mentioned that he wants Corey. And so I like that that was his excuse. Is like, oh, but I see her in you. Ah. <laughs> uh, well done, you, Caesar. <laughs> what else do you have? I have, I do not pose question as master, but as a man. And that was to Corey 
from Crassus when that he was, was when he was like trying to make her feel like, hey, like we're equals. Right. Like I'm not your dominus and you're not my slave. And that's why I think that it's a love relationship. I think that they do love each other. Absolutely. And I, I like that about Crassus, how he doesn't put down the slaves. He doesn't say like, oh, it's just because you're a fucking nicer, slave. He's nicer, right? He's way nicer than uh uh, than Batiatis. Than Batiatis. Batiatis was a jerk. He always like thought he wanted so much power all the time and, and wealth. But we have someone here. We have Crassus who he doesn't have as much power. He has a lot of power because of his wealth. But uh, he's so wealthy. It's like you know what? Like I don't need to be on well, top of everybody. Well, he seems more confident than Batiatis did. And Batiatis just lived under the shadow of his father. So I think he was always trying to prove something. Whereas I think Marcus doesn't have anything to prove to anyone. He just stands firm in who he is. And he, it's all personal goals for him. It's not goals in society like right. i want to be bigger than people it's i want to do this because this is what my mind is set to right uh tiberius and his mother have a conversation and i thought that this quote from her was a very important uh i fear he favors another then you and then she replies then you stand as your mother bound by blood and inconsiderate of worth yeah i like I that thought that quote. was pretty touching because she 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 felt the same thing that he does as far as uh less than to Marcus. And so I, I, I thought that from that, that they were going to tag team and possibly turn against Marcus when they see that both, you know, are less than. And I think that that's still, might be an afterbus prediction, we'll get to it, <laughs> but I think that that's still potential for that as well. Yeah, that very, mel- very well may happen in the future. Uh, my Dominus is dead, then I shall follow him to the afterlife and piss upon his shadow. <laughs> I knew you were going to get that one. <laughs> that was good. That was from... Uh, Diotoni, Diotimus, Diotimus, the butcher when he died, killed by his master, the Laura. And um, lastly, I have Jupiter's fucking cock. That made a comeback. (laughs) (laughs) And we heard a lot of people yelling uh, that at the actual sneak preview that we got to see for the the screening of Spartacus. That's right, at the the screening, the LA screening for Spartacus. So does that wrap up our uh, our quotes? (laughs) I think that does wrap up our quotes. Let's go ahead and move into news and gossip. After Buzz TV News. So, um, uh, the news that, that I think is big, because I'm a big action movie fan, is that Jai Courtney, a.k.a. Varro, who is Woo-hoo. Spartacus's best friend in season one, the actor Jai Courtney is going to be in the uh, A Good Day to Die Hard movie with... Uh, Bruce Willis as the star of the movie. So we have to go see that. We got to go support it. I absolutely have to go see it. I, I love Bruce. Dude, Bruce Willis. He's still kicking ass, even I though know. he's old. Like eighty I'm, years later. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> so he doesn't even look that old. No, he looks to be really honest. good. And he started making the Die Hard movies in what in the um, in the in the eighties. Eighties, right? yeah, I think it was eighties. So it went from the eighties. You know, him doing that film and you know that Yippie Kaye motherfucker. It's such. A, it's like. It's it's proliferated through American culture. Yeah. Like everybody knows that line, you know. Right. And uh, w- w- the great tagline for this new movie coming up because it takes place in Russia is "Yippee Mother Russia." <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be super cute. Yeah, we have to see that. If you are uh, Spartacus fans, you want to go support that so that you can uh, see Jai Courtney. Yeah, see Baro see Jai. <laughs> and he uh, he plays uh, he plays Bruce Willis's character, uh, John McClane's son. Right. So that that's going to be, and that's a great role for him. I'm wondering if, uh, you know, being a part of the Spartacus cast helped, you know, launch his career and get him that role, possibly. Oh, I think it did. Yeah, it, that's 
Spartacus, like anybody who's on Spartacus, they're going to be exploding. Like in the ne- after this season is oh, done, yeah. because it's it's going to be the last season. After this is done, everybody's going to get better work somewhere. I, I know it. Oh, definitely. I predict that as well. <laughs> Not that Spartacus wasn't a good show. It's a great show, you know, but they're going to get good good work other places. Definitely. Definitely. Is that all for our news and gossip? And, um, I, actually, uh, I actually think that is about it. Oh, good. I Let's got. go into After Buzz predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV. Okay, so I had mentioned earlier that I see uh, Marcus Crexus and uh, his I see his wife and Tiberius uh, getting together and kind of plotting against Marcus because I think that uh, Tiberius Ouch. is going to realize that his power is not what he thinks that it is, that he's really still kind of following uh, under Caesar. And so him and his wife are going to devise a plan in order to take Marcus down or either something they're going to either align with Spartacus. There's going to be something where uh, they threaten threaten Marcus' power. And I also see there's a possibility of Caesar killing, because he knows that uh, uh, Corre is, you know, pretty much the lover of Marcus, I see him possibly killing Corey. Yeah, because there's a, I think there's a real love there with his slave. So I totally see him taking her out of the equation just to uh, be hurtful and spiteful. You know, I hope that doesn't happen because I like Corey. She's <laughs> cute. She's she's got an amazing body. She you has know? really nice tits. She's really nice. I, I don't want to see her go, you know, for something that stupid like Caesar, you know, killing her for that. But reason. what we don't see in, in this season is evil between the women. Usually we see right. more evil between the women. Like, I can't even predict that the wife would take, uh, you know, Corey out or, and you know, kill her herself or anything like that because they are not as evil as uh, Lithia and Lucretia was. Yeah, I, I feel like Crossus's wife, she's more of a benign character. Like, she doesn't have that much influence over a lot of people. She's just kind of there in the house. She's almost like a housewife, pretty much. Almost why it may be surprising if we see her rise up in a little bit of power. I feel like Tiberius and Caesar are going to butt heads a lot more, especially during the battles that are going to be coming. I feel like Caesar is going to go undercover, and that's what he's going to be used for uh. with his facial hair like that. Because no one really knows what each other look like. Right. You know? I wonder what name he's going to use when he goes undercover. So you predict he's going to go undercover. I feel like he is. Okay. And uh, obviously we're going to see pirates coming in the next episode. I predict that the next episode is not going to be very good. You don't think so? No, it sounds lame with the whole pirate thing. Coming. Yeah, I think it might be cool though. We haven't seen this on Spartacus before, um, so it's a new element that's being thrown into the mix. Um, I think that uh, Spartacus is going to probably get him a little booty action uh, with uh, Lady. Yeah. <laughs> I think that they're going to have a little spark. And we were introduced to a slave girl that was let free um, that had this look in her eyes when she saw Gannicus come in. That's right. And so I kind of see that. I, I wonder if she's going to be brought back into the picture. Her name's Sybil. That's the character. Sybil. Name. Okay. So we're going to see her probably have more love with Danicus. I think there's going to be something there, yeah. That's going to be interesting. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for joining us on our AfterBuzz TV show podcast for Spartacus. Uh, You can follow me at Sean Austin O on Twitter. And you can play with my Twitter at Spicy underscore Madi. That's S-P-I-C-Y underscore M-A-R-I. And we hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll catch you again next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.